Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. Hey there, great episode in store for you today with how to get better sleep and always be at your best. But first, the news. The Southeast Rock in Florida held its inaugural Operator of the Year Awards to celebrate and recognize our frontline employees who truly shine above and beyond. Over the course of the last few months, we surveyed branches, employees, and customers, and we had a very, very close race. And a big congratulations to our winners. Starting out with Anthony Sutton, Service Tech Lake Wales, Alvin Mateus, Driver Tampa Lake Wells, Junior Gonzalez, Warehouse Tech Miami, and Dwight Brown, Driver Miami. And the Driver of the Year Award goes to Jimmy Gallagher. That's right, Jimmy Gallagher, Driver and Coco. And we hope to have Jimmy on a future episode so you can hear straight from him. Now, let's talk a little bit about a couple other things before we dive into the episode. Number one, please note that your 1095C forms are being mailed to your homes. And these are federal forms required for the Affordable Care Act and may be helpful in filing your taxes. So be on the lookout. And then lastly, our bold behaviors outline is how we do what we do. So we make the right decisions and do the right things every day. And in the last episode, we discussed build and the importance of being humble. And another key behavior to building collaborative teams is being inclusive. And this means believing that anything is possible when we work together. And we value different perspectives and seek similarities. And we are friendly, approachable, and of course, fun. In the next episode, we'll focus on O, which stands for Own Your Mandate. Enjoy the episode. In this episode, we break down why is Parkland prioritizing an episode on arrest in the first place? It's regarding your health as well as the financial health of the organization. Then how can you tell if you're too tired to drive, including the different kinds of fatigue that drivers should be on the lookout for? And then we get into the information that you're going to find really interesting around the hours of service regulations. Dave breaks down the history and why it's so important that you pay attention to that information. And then what's the best way to track all this and still do your job effectively? Then we get into... Dave's top strategies to get a great night's sleep and wake up rejuvenated. Turns out this helps you on the job and off. Here are three key takeaways. Number one, hours of service regulations are somewhat complicated and change periodically. Whether you are on a short haul exemption or performing interstate deliveries, you need to know the rules and be able to explain the rules that you are operating under to the DOT officers. Believe it or not, DOT officers have trouble keeping them straight also, so it's important to keep up with your own. Number two, the reason why we have nationally imposed hours of service regulations is because fatigue is a killer. Know when to surrender to fatigue and don't sweat the consequences. It's not worth dying for. And number three, if you are a professional driver, you have to learn how to professionally rest. Practice techniques to obtain a good night's sleep. There are tricks to it, and sleep is fundamental to good health and safety. Again, we break that down towards the end of this episode. So go ahead, listen to this episode, and when you get to the different strategies at the end, select one or two to try in your rest and recuperation habits and notice the difference. 
Your safety is our top priority. Please ensure that you've completed your mandatory HSC training. And HSE stands for Health, Safety, and Environmental. It's critical information that keeps you and your coworkers safe. Our goal is 100% completion because it helps us know that our employees have the skills they need to work safely. Your manager has a list of those who still need to complete this training and will be getting with you if you need to finish it. Please complete this training as soon as possible and you can find it in the Parkland Learning Center under Parkland People. All right, today's topic, commercial drivers, hours of service, fatigue and sleep. And we're, of course, here with all-star Dave Gurney. Now, Dave, I want to start this out. Why is Parkland doing a podcast episode on driver rest? Man, I'm so disappointed. Nobody else calls me all-star but you. (laughs) First, because driver fatigue and driving physiology, which is the real reason why we have the ELD mandate, it's a significant risk in highway safety. The FMCSA identifies three main factors in driver fatigue, circadian rhythm effects, um, sleep deprivation, or what's called cumulative fatigue effects, and industrial or time-on-task fatigue. So the second... So, Dave, before you get too far, you just you just slung two massive acronyms at me. ELD. And Uh, uh, just in case the drivers don't know, what is ELD? They all know what it means. That's why I used it. uh, Electronic logging devices for those who are not on a short-haul exemption. And then the FMCSA, I presume you're talking about, is Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. Okay. Two acronyms they probably already know, but since I'm a novice here, compared to your deep well of knowledge, thank you for clarifying. No, no, no <laughs> worries. Uh, I'm compounded being uh, in the energy industry and former military. We have a <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. So, sorry to interrupt you there. You're, you're no, no, no worries. The, yeah. the, the second reason, reason, as I've touched on before, is that our drivers are heroes, and mm, we want to yep. keep all of them until retirement. So a good night's sleep is just as important as regular exercise and a healthy diet, which our drivers are famous for. (laughs) (laughs) Not Um, Research shows that poor sleep has immediate negative effects on your hormones, exercise performance, and brain function. It can also cause weight gain and increases disease risk in both adults and children. By contrast, good sleep makes you less hungry, helps you exercise better, and be healthier. Over the past two decades, both sleep quality and quantity has declined in both the United States and Canada. I believe it. In fact, yeah, it's so many people regularly get poor sleep these days that experts attribute the phenomena to increased screen time. So Mm -hmm. if we want to optimize our health Mm -hmm. or lose weight, getting a good night's sleep is one of the most important things that we can do. I should probably touch on fatigue itself. The term includes a general lack of alertness and deterioration in mental and physical performance. Fatigue obviously increases a driver's risk of poor performance and impaired decision-making, leading to uh, injuries, mishaps, and and other things that are harmful to our driver, vehicles, brand, and the public. Studies have found that aviation, railroad, 
and public transportation workers face similar risks from fatigue, which is great because it gives me yet another chance to talk about flying. <laughs> oh, we know you love to talk about that. The National yeah. Transportation Safety yeah. Board has included managing fatigue among transportation workers on its annual most wanted list of safety improvements each year for the last 30 years. So it's not getting better. A major complication in measuring the extent of fatigue-related crashes, as well as in managing fatigue itself, is that there's no convenient way to measure fatigue, unlike blood alcohol content level for measuring intoxication. So it's difficult to determine the contribution of fatigue to crashes with the result that the role of fatigue in accidents is very likely underestimated. Dave, one of the things I just want to recap for the listeners, I, I thought you had a unique perspective on it out of the gate. When you start thinking about sleep, you're like, okay, Parkland wants their drivers not to have traffic accidents because they're too tired, right? If you're asleep, you're not focusing on the road. Or if you're sleepy, you're not focused on the road. You have slower reaction time. And like you're saying, impaired performance can be as bad when you're when you're tired as if you're under the influence. Like it's that big an impact. But one of the things that you caught me off guard with that I really thought was cool was, hey, when you're sleeping better, you're healthier. And you guys are taking a really long-term view when it comes to employee health, because you've talked about you want drivers and all employees to have a long tenure career at Parkland. And for them to do that, they've got to stay healthy. And, um, you know, I love how you're investing in the employees from this perspective. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but I go without sleep. I'm hungry. My body feels like it needs something. What it needs is sleep, but I put it in its place food. Uh, so driver yep. fatigue exerts a negative effect on, on yep. many functions that drivers and aviators sure. need to perform well, including vision. So so if you're a driver out there, how can you tell if you're too tired to drive? Because I'm, you know, I might be getting in my car or in my truck if I'm a dri- if I'm a truck driver. And how do I know if I'm too tired? Like there's not a test to know necessarily if I'm too tired to drive. So how do I know? That's right. Uh, I should be clear up front that I'm not a medical doctor, but I did get a few dates in college claiming to be one before I became a fighter pilot and an astronaut. Well, except for the astronaut part. Where was that? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, and as I mentioned before, there's no drowsiness test to measure if you're too tired to drive. So research shows that people often overestimate their level of alertness. Um, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that drowsy driving accounts for 1,500 or about 4% of total traffic fatalities each year. Studies repeatedly show that drivers can't accurately rate their degree of impairment due to drowsiness, and that, surprisingly, sleep-related accidents are more common in young people than older people. Interesting. I, I, I hate to be a master of the obvious, but warning signs that you're too tired to drive include trouble keeping your eyes open, a lack of energy, trouble keeping your head up, daydreaming or wandering thoughts, drifting across lanes, Mm -hmm. slower reaction times, drifting off the road or hitting those rumble strips, missing signs or exits, frequent yawning or rubbing your eyes, and irritability or restlessness. Irritability. I think that my boss is fatigued all the time. You know, it's interesting. You listed off a lot of things. And so one of the things I say, uh, I'll summarize that for the drivers, pay attention to your body, right? You got to sort of be thinking about that. If you you can't even sit up straight, if you're slouching, like you said, you start listening to that. So we, so those are like the internal indicators. 
And then I liked what you said, hey, the rumble strips, you know, those are like the external indicators that you're too tired to drive. It's much more common and dangerous than people think. In a recent poll, it was revealed that 60% of Americans reported uh, driving while sleepy in the previous year, and that 37% of them confessed to actually nodding off. Our professional drivers have to be alert for these people on the road, and they won't be alert if they're fatigued themselves. Yeah, that's that's an even a better point. Yeah, you've got to be there's really a higher responsibility as a driver to look out for other people because of the size and magnitude, you know, and like you say before, these are professional drivers. And so they've got to be aware of their surroundings. As my grandfather used to say, Ben drive like everybody else is a fool. Mm, right. <laughs> and if you're too tired, you can't do that. Um, right. I've heard about the hours of service regulations. What, what's the best way, to track all this and still as a driver, do your job effectively. Hmm. That really depends on which set of rules a driver is operating under. One of our rocks, the Southeastern rock operates entirely under a short haul exemption. Parkland drivers who operate interstate or outside a 150 nautical air mile radius, which is about 173 statute miles have electronic logging devices. The ELDs that I referred to earlier. Right. Okay. That does everything for them. So during a stop, DOT officers can access the ELDs to determine observance of hours of service regulations. So Mm. there's some history here. Trucking companies first started using ELDs to record hours of service for drivers in the mid-1980s. And in fact, in the year 2000, FMCSA first attempted to reform hours of service regulations to mandate the use of ELDs. But this got shot down by a 2004 court order, which Congress Congress finally overcame in 2012 by passing legislation mandating ELDs. But to make a long story short, the full compliance phase began in December of 2019. After this, all drivers and companies operating in the United States were required to track hours of service using only registered ELDs. So Hmm. many Parkland trucks use them, but a large number are operated on a short haul exemption, as I mentioned before, restricting them in range, as well as beginning and ending at the same home base. So, so using an ELD makes tracking it really easy. Like it doesn't get in the way of you driving. Like you don't have no. to sit there and track it. But if you don't have an ELD, you got to use pen and paper, essentially. Well, you only have to use uh, the, the raw, the record of driver service, um, if you exceed one of the parameters in a short haul extend, uh, exemption. But the okay. uh, ELDs, you do have to log, you do have to do some inputs as to when you stop and rest and things of that nature, but it's pretty intuitive and straightforward. Okay. Parkland drivers operate 24-7, 365, but much of our business is seasonal and each of our rocks have different seasons by virtue of their unique business climate. Uh, so sure. Park- Parkland competes with a very small profit margin and depends on volume to stay competitive. It takes a long time to train and develop professional drivers with hazmat and product representation experience. If business demand was steady every month of the year, it would be a lot easier for us to right size our pool of professional drivers, but this isn't the case. And sometimes there are too many work hours for a fixed number of drivers, and other times there aren't enough. Now, once upon a time, it was easier to manage demand by permitting driver overtime when it was high. So that we had a perfectly sized pool of drivers when seasonal demand was lower. 
But about the same time that the ELD mandate was coming into play, insurance underwriters were rapidly increasing our insurance premiums because juries were awarding huge sums of money for highway accidents. In one year alone, a single rock had their already high insurance premiums increased by 40%, despite having a clean record, no accidents over the preceding 36 months. Yeah. You would never see that on someone's personal driving insurance. No. And it didn't matter a bit. Along with higher premiums came demands from the insurance underwriters that we install camera systems and driver assistance software, such as the Bendix Wingman or Fusion Systems, plus enforce strict hours of service. There's pressure on us to Hmm. put underrun bars for our trailers to keep passenger vehicles from going underneath them. Wow. So- Owner-operators have the same restrictions, and we were among the first to adopt camera systems. Uh, Owner-operators have done it on their own just in self-defense. The the tension between variable client demand and a fixed labor pool really makes playing a game of pennies hard. Our drivers aren't to blame for any of this turbulence or all of the things that we have had to move to in order to, to control our costs. But to finish answering your question... Drivers on a short haul exemption are only required to keep a paper log of their hours if they violate one of the short haul exemptions. Okay. Right. Great distinction there. Now, to me, and I'm curious on your perspective on this, there seems to be a pretty big conflict here. Drivers are actually paid to drive, not sleep. And if a driver feels like they can keep driving, but they're bumping up against the driving limit of hours, what should they do? Mm. Well, I'd say not quite on your first point. Drivers are paid to drive professionally and safely, not just to drive. And they can't do that when they're fatigued. So Uh as I mentioned before, the physiology of fatigue while piloting trucks is also dangerous when piloting aircraft, even with two people in the cockpit. Um, Both occupations have the lives of others in their hands, and that's why they're licensed and credentialed. Um, So Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's, there's... Last several years, there have been three incidents where commercial pilots have fallen asleep and overflown their destinations. Believe it or not, one of the cases was a cargo pilot in Australia, and the other two involved U.S. airline pilots with passengers on board. Uh, My favorite example is a Northwest Airlines flight with 144 passengers who flew 150 miles beyond its destination as both pilots slept at the controls for more than an hour. The pilot and the co-pilot both nodded off as the plane flew on autopilot at 37,000 feet. In the meantime, F-16 fighters were scrambled to intercept the jet over fears that had been hijacked. That's crazy. Trucks don't have automatic pilot, right? (laughs) Probably. <laughs> no, maybe one day. Who tense, knows? It but, was a tense hour and eighteen minutes of radio silence before the uh, contact was radio contact was finally made, and that Airbus from San Diego landed safely in Minneapolis, and its passengers were blissfully unaware of the drama. And yeah, that's course, a crazy story, man. I, you know, so what I hear is, as a driver, you may not physically know when you're tired based on what we've talked about earlier. So you got to think about, and that's why these driving limits are in place. And if you feel like pushing the envelope beyond the limit before you do something like that, you got to stop and think, wait a minute, you know, I've got to keep the bigger picture in perspective. Keep, you know, you've got your own health at stake, but also all the other people out there, right? All the people on the roads that you've got to look out for. And when you're, you, you know, you're, if you're tired, you don't totally know it. You could be putting them at risk. It's easy to say um, because while sleep is generally an 
anecdote to fatigue, it isn't always easy to come by and it doesn't always restore um, rest. Federal regulations can limit the number of hours that drivers spend on duty and operating vehicles, but the regulations can't mandate that those drivers rest when they're off duty. That's obviously the responsibility of the driver. Parkland USA is looking for other great drivers just like you, and we are paying you for it. We have an employee referral program that pays drivers for any leads that become drivers for us. Have a friend or family member with a CDL license who'd like to come work for Parkland? Please pass their name and contact information to your dispatcher and people in culture manager. If they get hired, you get paid up to a few thousand dollars depending on the area of the country. You are listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. Yeah, so let's dig into that. Let's And let's wrap this thing up with what are Dave Gurney's top strategies to get a great night's sleep and wake up rejuvenated? Well, I, I touched on one of them when I mentioned screen time. Yeah. Um, Increase the bright light exposure during the day because natural sunlight or bright light during the day helps your circadian rhythm stay healthy. In people with insomnia, daytime bright light exposure improves sleep quality and duration. It also reduced the time it took to fall asleep by 83%. A similar study in older adults found that two hours of bright light exposure during the day increased the amount of sleep by two hours and sleep efficiency by 80%. If sunlight isn't always practical, like in North Dakota, invest in an artificial bright light device or or bulbs that do the Mm. turn the same trick. I was talking before about blue light exposure from those screens. Reduce that. Exposure to light during the day is beneficial, but nighttime blue light exposure from those screens has the opposite effect. Blue light, um, smartphones, computers, emit that in large amounts, and it's the worst in this regard. There are several popular methods that you can use to reduce this problem, like wearing glasses that block blue light or download an app to block blue light on your laptop, phone, or computer. Turn off the TV and any bright lights two hours before heading to bed. Listen to an audio book or a fascinating podcast from a humble and debonair fighter pilot instead. You know, thinking, I like that, the, uh, one of the things that comes up for me is we, in our household, we think about blue light a lot at night and we've ordered these and they're kind of cheesy looking, but they're really like $10 on Amazon and they are yellow UVX glasses. And we wear them when we're watching TV at night and it does cut out all the blue light. And I'll it take- does, you know, it's amazing how much better we rest if we put those on exactly what you said, two hours before bedtime, now it does change the color of the TV screen a little bit, uh, but you don't want to wear them while driving. Uh, but certainly if you're like resting in your hotel room or you're looking at your phone while you're resting, uh, it's, it's uh, been a big help for us. I'll take cheesy over driving off the road any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. The next thing is to watch your stimulants. Caffeine can stay elevated in your blood for six or eight hours. So if you're drinking large amounts of coffee after three or 4 p.m., stick with decaf. Coca-Cola and and Mountain Dew also have a lot of caffeine. The fourth recommendation is to take a melatonin supplement. Melatonin is a key sleep hormone that tells your brain when it's time to relax and head to bed. 
In one study, taking two milligrams of melatonin before bed improved sleep quality and energy the next day and helped people fall asleep faster. Um, consult a doctor, but taking between one and five milligrams 30 to 60 minutes before bed works like a charm. Start with a low dose to assess your tolerance and then increase it slowly as needed. Even though it's safe, um, once again, I'm not a doctor, so um, make sure that you check with your healthcare provider before use. The next thing is also rather intuitive, and that's optimize your bedroom environment, just like we opt optimize the cab of our trucks. Many people believe that the bedroom environment and its setup are key factors in getting a good night's sleep. The temperature, the noise, external lights, comfortable bedding. Yes. So make sure your bedroom is quiet, relaxing, clean, and an enjoyable place. Keeping it cool. Yeah, turning down the air can make it. Yep. Definitely helps too. And everybody has a different internal thermostat. Yeah. So set a consistent bedroom temperature. Then relax. Clear your mind in the evening. Listen to music. Read a book. Take a hot bath. Some people do deep breathing and visualization. I've, I've recently learned that listening to audiobooks, it puts me right out. I, I get through about 15 minutes and, and I'm asleep. The, audio, the Audible app that I have on my phone has a convenient timer that I can set. And um, that way I don't lose my place in the book. Yeah, that's a great feature. Yeah, I love that. Finally, um, and this is hard for truck drivers, but they really have to think about it. And that's regular exercise, but not before bed. Exercise is one of the best science-backed ways to improve your sleep and health. It can enhance all aspects of sleep and has been used to reduce symptoms of insomnia. This has always been a challenge for truck drivers, but they can do isometrics by leaning on their truck and stretching and doing other things whenever possible. You, we know that they do a lot of climbing, and, and if it's convenient, do a few more steps along the way, but we've got to exercise regularly. Yeah. Great, great steps or great. I say great. I should basically presented a buffet of sleep options for people to try. So I encourage all the listeners, uh, you know, take, take one of these ideas, uh, that Dave Gurney's presented on sleeping and, uh, and adopt it, right. Really try to use it consistently in your work week and notice the impact. And uh, if it doesn't work for you, you can always email Dave and Tom. Not a good tip. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dave. <laughs> try it. I think these are effective in it, and I have personally found these um, to almost all of them to be really beneficial for myself. Yeah, look, driving a bomb is is like fighter in combat. If you take off fatigue, you've just seriously increased your chances of not returning home safe. Awesome. Fatigue yeah. is an ace. The chances are you aren't. So. Pay attention to this. This is really important, and it's it's sometimes difficult to detect, but if you are thinking about it in advance, it'll come a little bit easier, and there are techniques to deal with it. Thanks, Dave. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health, and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, 
gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. Reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.